You're listening to Thrive, where every week we have meaningful conversations with incredible women like you, packed with practical tips and sisterly advice to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday gal who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. I'm your host, Erica Gwynn, and I'm ready to thrive together. Here's today's episode. Welcome back to Thrive. Super stoked because we have got not just myself, but we have got literally all of Team Thrive, Team C-U-R, Team, the, the, the dream team here, all of us, behind the mics <laughs> for, this is basically the episode about making friends. We put our heads together and we were like, you know what? Uh, doesn't get talked about all that much is making friends as a grown-up and how weird and awkward and strange it can feel basically all of the time. Um, or maybe that's just for us. Maybe some people are already like thriving in, in their group, which is great. But we haven't had an episode on friendship in a hot sec. Actually, I think it was all the way back uh, episode 105 with Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnston might have been our last official dedicated friendship episode. So we're pretty stoked about this. So we've got Sarah and we have got Taylor. You guys can say hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> and uh, for, before we dive in, we have to mention this because this is a recent little passion project that we have launched which is our Facebook group, The Crowd. So if you are looking for some new girlfriends right off the bat and you wanna be a part of a community of like-minded women who maybe right off the bat have something in common with you, like also listen to you know, the Thrive Podcast or hang out with Coming Up Roses, might I recommend joining The Crowd. It is our Coming Up Roses crowd, get it? The Crowd, but umch. And Thrive is right, Thrive is right in there on the fun and we're all thriving together. So consider this your official invite to come hang. We'll put the link to join in the show notes below, but essentially all are welcome. It is a safe space. What's said in the crowd stays in the crowd. You know, it's like Vegas. And really after something like a decade on the, on the internet, I just wanted a space to connect you all to each other instead of just talking to me all the time, because I don't know everything and I haven't been everywhere and I don't have all of the recommendations or answers. So hopefully you can get even more of what you need to thrive over in the crowd, be that vacation recommendations or baby name and spo, what to wear for your interview or your date night the next book for your summer reading list, you name it. So anywho, here we are chatting friendships. Um, and we're basically kicking it off by setting the tone with that meme that says that Jesus's real miracle is that he had 12 friends in his thirties. That's great. <laughs> that seems, seems like a big feat to have it's 12 truly, friends in your thirties. When you think about it, you're just like, wow, wait, that actually is really impressive. You go, Jesus. You start like recreating in your brain, like, all right, where's my last supper table and who's sitting there? And you're like, I got, I got four. What do I do now? <laughs> That's an empty seat. It's fine. I know. Right. Okay. So can we kick off with everyone sharing kind of like what the evolution of friendship has looked like for you into adulthood? Because I think a lot of people end up 
in this same position that we have all been in or are in where your your circle like slowly dwindles the older you get and there's pros and there's cons but at the there's moments regardless where you find yourself being like oh is this normal like am I alone or now or am I supposed to be having more friends or am I doing it right or am I doing it wrong or like now all of a sudden it's weird so what has what has friendship looked like for you through the years (laughs) um I'll start so I'm Sarah, I'm a mom of two kiddos. Um, and I think I've seen a lot of change after having kids because we had kids. We were like the first ones in our friend group, first ones in our family, um, to have kids. And that can be really isolating because your time isn't really your own. Um, especially when you have little littles and you're kind of in this weird, like, cool, I can do stuff until like six 30. And then like, everything has to stop because my baby must go to bed so that we can function tomorrow. Um, and that's limiting and that's really, it feels really isolating unless you have other people that are going through that phase together. Um, and so I think for me, like that's kind of where I saw like a big change in friendship because when you first have kids, you feel very much on an Island and you have to be like super intentional about staying in touch with people and, you, you know, making sure that convert communication is going two ways. Um, and then, you know, as your kids get older, you get in this weird phase. Like when my two went to daycare, they'd like come come home and be like, I want to go on a play date with so-and-so to like their house. And you're like, I don't know that child's family. Like that's, so you have to do like really awkward things being like, hi, I'm so-and-so's mom. And can we get a coffee so we can like kind of be friends? I don't know. Um, and it's like, you're in elementary school all over again, trying to figure out like how to make friends on the playground. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird watching that process change and then finding those people in the end that um, get it and get you and that you can text weird memes about parenting back and forth to each other at weird hours um, <laughs> when you're, you know, taking care of kids. Um, and those are the people that you know are going to be around for the long haul. Yeah. I feel like you and I have talked about this too um, offline where we were both kind of like the first ones in our respective friend groups to have babies. Yeah. Which like, puts you automatically in a weird bubble where everyone else who is a mom at that age is older than you Mm -hmm. or like, so like your current, your old, your original friend group or like your original circle might all be one age, but that if you start hanging out with other people around you in, in your neighborhood or whoever, who are moms, they're all a little bit older. So you're either like the, the too young mom of the group, or you're like the too old too much of an adult like friend in your old group and all of a sudden you're in this weird in-between of like wait but my kids are the oldest in this situation but I'm the youngest in this situation and neither one feels like I'm fully fitting in and it's so strange yeah I think it's I think I learned a lot about like how it's okay to have friends for phases like you you can have friends in like when your child is in daycare, like you can have really good friends that are your kids' friends. And then that's, that's your community. And then when your kid leaves that daycare and goes to elementary school, like it's okay if some friendships change, you know, like it's okay for friendships to go through phases of, you know, I'm really, really close to this person. Okay. This life of it, you know, I had a baby or they had a kid or they moved or whatever, you know, it's okay for those things to, to change friendships. And that's not, I used to think that like was something was wrong. Like, oh my gosh, I like totally failed as a human being because I've lost touch with this person. And I'm like, 
we all go through stuff and life changes us and it's okay to not have the same, you know, best friend from fifth grade to now. <laughs> well, there's that saying friends can be in your life or not even just friends, people in general for a reason or a season. Yeah. And that fits here. And sometimes I think we put pressure on ourselves to have some sort of complicated conversation for closure. If you feel a door kind of closing where you're like, oh, do we have to talk about it that we're not as close? Or like, do we have to have this awkward conversation of like, did I do something or did what happened? And sometimes that's just not, it's not needed because it's just, you're right. Like, it's just, sometimes it ran its course and it wasn't meant to be the forever thing. And it didn't necessarily have a super strong reason beyond it was, I don't want to say convenient because that feel, but sometimes it is just proximity. like a friendship of convenience. Proximity. Yeah, it's proximity. It's like what yeah. friendships in are when they're in high school and they're the kids that you see every single day. Or it's a season, like you said, of like your kids are in school at the same time or like in the same daycare program or library program or like whatever it is. So they're, you're there and then all of a sudden you're not. <laughs> What about you, Taylor? Because you're the, you don't have children yet. So you have like a different perspective here. Yes. No, not yet. But I also think we are going to be in a similar boat where we are the first of, or at least my closest friends to have kids. Um, Some I know don't even really want kids. So um, yeah, I think we'll end up being in a similar position. Um, But yeah, friendship. Um, that is something I've been struggling with a lot lately or just trying to learn the lesson you both said, you were both talking about just now that it is okay for friendships to come and go and it's not necessarily always your fault. Um, so for reference, I am 30. I just turned 30. So that comes with a whole other wave of emotions. Um, but I grew up in theater and dance and even went to school for it. So to me, being a part of a community has always been something that I've needed in my life. Um, and I feel like that's where I've gotten most of my friendships from. Um, but something I've struggled with is always being the one to reach out Mm. friendships and if I'm not immediately a part of that community at a certain at a point in time that I'm not thought of or being invited to or being reached out to um so I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I've been slowly distancing from my college friends um it's been a long enough period of time, plus the few years where we were all um, staying at home. So that I feel like that escalated that or quickened that process. Um, So yeah, I feel like I've been growing apart from some of my friends. And I also just got married recently and the whole bridesmaid thing is another other thing, like talking about who's sitting at uh, the last supper table. It's kind of, that's what came to mind of like, who's going to be a bridesmaid. And my husband jokes that he doesn't have any friends. So we didn't have the like traditional uh, bridesmaids and groomsmen. I had girls get ready with me. uh, So I didn't have to completely 
decide or feel like I was excluding people. And so that was also a tough thing to go through. Um, so in terms of finding new friends, we've been talking about it a lot lately, my husband and I, um, and we kind of don't know where to start other than at church, um, just because it is a community of like-minded people um, to find friends. But yeah, we're kind of just in that limbo. I feel like we will get, we will meet new people when we have kids and our friends parent and their parents and all of that. But right now we're kind of just, I don't know, in limbo of where we fit in and where we can find friends that relate and all that jazz. Honestly, I love that you said that though, because I feel like that's so real where we have these moments as grownups when as kids, we probably looked at grownups and thought that everybody had it all together and has their circles and everything is figured out. And like, you're, you are thriving. You are like out there winning the game at life. And you've got all of your besties from, we just have these visions and dreams of like your besties from elementary school. Well, they're now your lifelong diehards. And that's simply not true for many of us. So I love the fact that you can, that you and your husband can just honestly and vulnerably be like, listen, we don't really have a ton of friends right now. And we're looking for it. We're like open and available because I think a lot of people are end up in that space where you're just kind of like, okay, we're living our lives. It's not like we're trying to not have friends or going out of our way to do something, but it's just things get weird and people live their lives. And then you're kind of like, what do we do? Like put an ad on Craigslist for friends? Like how, how does this work? Because it's not, you don't have the same sort of like natural built in opportunities that you might've had in college, in high school, whatever. And things are changing and there's different stages involved. And there's like all different interests and values and much deeper things that come into play with friendships that you would want to invest time in for the long haul at this point in life where I'm like, Jamie and I joke about this all the time. We're like, we don't, we don't have time for a lot of friends. So like, if we're only going to have a few select people that are, if we've got like one spot on the calendar a month, that's like our friendship date box on the calendar, who's filling that box. And if it's like, we, we don't want to throw it away on like random people that are just passing by for whatever it's like we want to have quality friendships with people who we totally vibe with and relate to and are on the same page with and that's not it's like you almost need to like accept applications for friendships <laughs> one thing you said Taylor that I think you kind of hit on is like finding friendships and communities with like-minded people and that's something that um my husband and I have talked a lot about lately so my husband's introverted and I am not. And so it adds another dynamic because he jokes, Ooh, yeah. we, were, we were talking to some friends one time and they said, oh, I was just having lunch with someone today. And they said that, you know, they were cleaning out their calendars and their schedules and they just, they didn't have time for any new friends. And the person who said that and I were both like, oh, I can't imagine ever feeling that way. And my husband and our other friend who are both introverts looking at each other, they're like, no, that, that tracks. I don't have time for new people. Like I, I'm good. I got my friends. I'm good. Um, so it's funny being in that balance of like one person, the partnership is, you know, really craving people. And one person is really kind of like good, but we've found a that, um, like you said, finding that community that has people with similar interests at like an activity or like something that's kind of a built-in hangout 
Um, so we watch English Premier League soccer. We have a team and our team has a club and we go, we have a supporters club and we go watch soccer together on Saturday mornings. And it's- That's a- so cute. Oh, it's a blast. We have fun. And like our kids run around and play with other kids that are there to watch the game. And we're all there for each other. And we know that we're always going to see each other August through May, every Saturday or Sunday. And we all check in on each other. And it's just, it's become like much more of a community than I think we thought it would be. You know, you think like, oh, that's so cute. You're going to watch a game on TV that's in a different country, but it's really become friendships. And because we have an activity that we know we're going to see each other at this thing. And I mean, our church is like that too. Like you have an activity that you know you're going to see a certain amount of people every week or every, you know, two weeks at a small group or whatever it is. Um, And I think there's a huge value in finding something like that where it's like, you don't have an excuse because it's just built into your routine. You know, you know, every Sunday you're going to go to Sunday school and you're going to see these same people. And so you kind of are held accountable to that like automatic hangout without really having to like, take up a Saturday night for a double date that, you know, could go to be something else on your calendar, you know? I love that. We used to have a game, like a group game night on the calendar, which was the same sort of thing. And it only started falling apart once we stopped having it be a regular thing on the calendar. Granted, it was because people were having babies and it like real life was just getting a little complicated to maintain that many people. But we to echo what you said, Sarah, like it really was the most successful when it was, okay, it's once a month, it's this Saturday of the month or it's this whatever of the month and we'll just rotate houses and that's, that is the date. And it works because you don't even have to think about planning. You just have to think about like who's bringing what, what dip and what drink combination and like you're good to go. Yeah. Like finding unconventional times to hang out. Like I'm a huge fan of like yes. a lunch date during a busy day. Like I don't like giving my nights away because I have kids and I have a husband and I want to do things around my house, but like I can block out an hour to go grab lunch with a friend and it's easier because I, my kids are at school or whatever. And so I think finding like less common times to like go do something, even if it's just like going for a walk or something like that after you drop the kid off at daycare or after you knock out your first email check in the day saying, Hey, let's go meet at a park and walk for 30 minutes and catch up you know, finding those times that aren't like huge three hour dinners and drinks and, you know, whatever, because time is a commodity and you only have so much of it during a week now that we're all grown ups with lives and jobs and people. (laughs) For sure. I think in terms of maintaining some maybe older friendships or Mm -hmm. long distance friendships, especially because I know both of those are very relevant in my own life. Uh, something that a lot of my girlfriends and I will do is kind of like multitasking a mindless task. This is funny because I know we literally just had a Thrive episode that mentioned this not <laughs> yep. too long ago. So this is like coming back <laughs> to me, but it's Marissa it's, Lonic, it right? Yes, exactly. Uh, but you're literally like having a conversation on FaceTime or whatever while while you are doing some mindless task that has to get done. So it's really just trying to be like, you are still giving your girlfriend your full attention, but you're also getting something done around your house. Like it might be like you're folding laundry at the same time. So you set up your FaceTime and you have your earbuds in and you're chit-chatting while you're both folding your kids' clothes. Or like, while some of my girlfriends and I will do this while we're driving to different apartments. Like we all have the little phone stand thing and we'll smack our 
phone magnetic case, whatever on the thing so that we can like safely drive, safely drive and like talk on the phone while we're driving or something. Um, and that's like a really solid way to keep in touch without it feeling like it's another thing on a to-do list or like it's a chore or something that's going to take up time that you just feel like you don't have to give once your, your bucket is poured out at the end of the day. How do you deal with if you're the only person making that phone call or if you're the person that initiates all the time? I love this. I love that <laughs> this is a thing because yeah. this is so real. Um, here's a question is back that, for you. Are you also an empath? I have no idea. I don't think so. <laughs> I know just LJ, like, I know my husband is LJ is, but I don't think I am. Don't. Okay. I feel you like, know. I don't, I don't know a hundred percent if I am, but I feel like it's one of those things where like, when you feel friendship very deeply, it's there's like more sensitivity to this, I think. Anyway, I might I've, just be more sensitive to knowing that I'm the one or feeling that I'm the one that always reaches out or I'm always the one that makes the plans. And if I don't do it, they don't happen. But I, I think about the other person. Yeah, I've, I've been that person too, where I feel like I'm always the one making the phone call. And I kind of had to say like, okay, if I stopped making phone calls and that friendship fizzled, like, would I be sad? And if I am sad, then okay, for this phase, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be the one to reach out. And because I'd rather have that person stay in my life and not lose them. Even if I'm the one that's like, oh, I'm always the one picking up the phone or I'm always the one asking, you know, Hey, let's go get coffee or whatever. And I think at some point too, like it will turn. Cause I think about friendships that I've had where I felt that way. And now I'm like, oh, we're still really good friends. And I don't feel that way anymore. Like it kind of evened out a little bit. Like, I think it's almost people getting used to the normalcy of having friends as adults. You know, again, like when you're a kid, you naturally see your friends at certain things. You see them at school, you see them. And so nobody had to really like make plans necessarily, you know, like you knew you were going to see your friend in homeroom the next morning. So it wasn't like you had to be like, oh, we have to talk on this day because it's my only free night. Like you were going to see them in school. Whereas like now we're all kind of getting used to, oh, like if we don't make plans, it doesn't happen. <laughs> like if I don't make an effort, like it, that friendship will fade. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think some of it is like, is, is that okay for a season? Like, is it worth it being that person? If it means staying close to that person, having that person in your life or people? I also really like the idea that Sarah just gave of intentionally pausing your communication to someone, your attempts, mm -hmm. just to see what happens. Because I know I'm also the exact same way where I've often felt that I was the one having to reach out to make things happen. My mom has also been the same way her entire life. We talk about this often now as two very much grown ups, where we're like, man, sometimes I just wish people would like other people would reach out first. And like, we just kind of, and you kind of really have to assess is that person like, why, why are you the one reaching out all the time? And if, if it's because the other person just isn't prioritizing you the way that you're prioritizing them, I think sometimes you do just get to a point in life where you're like, you know what, if I'm not, if I'm that much of a, if I'm that low on your priority list, but you're that high on mine, maybe I need to lower my expectations a little bit of what this friendship is. And maybe not reach out as much and then see 
I could see how you could see how they respond, see if they notice even. I personally had friendships that completely fizzled out when I stopped reaching out. And that sucks in the moment. Like that really is a blow to the face, especially I had that happen with a friendship that was like a decade old that I thought was going to be a lifelong friend. And that was a very tough pill to swallow and a tough period for for me to kind of grieve the friendship because I was like, oh, I guess this is kind of over. Like, I guess this is not what I thought it would be. But I would much rather than open up that space on my calendar, but also just in my heart and in my brain for people who are going to put the same effort, care, intention, whatever into me as I'm willing to put into them. And I think reframing it like that in my mind helped a lot because I was like, you know what? I'm a good friend and I am try- I'm there for people and I am willing to go out for people. And like, if I'm willing to do that, I deserve that in return. And I'm deserve, you deserve people who are the same kind of friend to you that you are to them. So if you are going out of your way always to be a good friend for these people, and you just don't feel like that's fully being reciprocated, that's just something, that's just something to think about. I think that's different though, than if it's something where you think that they genuinely are a really, really good friend, but maybe it's just a difference in communication styles because Mm -hmm. some people just suck at texting or some people just suck at making plans. Or some people are like all of the memes on Instagram where they're like, Ooh, if you say you want to cancel plans, I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Let's not have any plans. Cause that's, that is like also a phase. So I would say assess whether it's the friendship as a whole versus maybe a communication issue or the style of communication where you, where if you address it to them and bring it up and be like, Hey, like I kind of noticed I'm always, I'm always the one making plans here. Like, I don't want to be bothering you or anything. Is something up or like literally just calling it out to light that I think sometimes is worth it too. Yeah, and I just give, give us their numbers. We'll we'll find out for you. <laughs> we got you. We'll ask some questions. We'll start a group text. Hey, oh, gosh. <laughs> you're messing with our girl. <laughs> I will say though that I've also been in a very busy season of my life and just doing too much. Um, and at my birthday party recently, because I was training for a marathon, which takes a lot a lot of time. A lot more time than I think any of my closest friends really realized until I pulled up um, my stats of how many hours I was running. And then they're like, oh. Um, So I will say that I have been in a busy season of my life between wedding planning and then training for a marathon and working all the time. So I know I've been a little distant myself too. So it's not just all them, but but give yourself grace juggle it all yeah yeah give yourself grace because I will say too like there's I have some girlfriends who will be the one the first ones to reach out all the time and even if I'm not the in the best season myself in terms of my own proactivity in reaching out in friendship I still notice what they're doing I still very much notice like ooh. She's, she is like there for me. She's making an effort. She always will text me. She's always thinking of me. So even if I might, I might end up feeling bad then where I'm like, okay, mental note to self, like check in on her back because she's so like, so near and dear. So like, even if some, even if there is a period of time where you find yourself being like, man, is anyone thinking of me? Like, 
have have some faith knowing that there are probably people who are totally thinking of you and might even be mentally kind of like down on themselves like oh man taylor's totally killing it as a friend and i'm sucking right now for whatever reason so just give it a little bit of a little bit of grace and space just to see if it figures itself out in that sense because they might just they might just be doing their own thing and super busy with all of their own stuff like you said but just internalizing that you're a really good friend and then when their life gets a little less chaotic or hectic they reach out and they say oh my gosh sorry I haven't answered your text in five months like life has happened so here we are can we please go get coffee and catch up and then you can like pick up where you left off yeah those are the best friends that you can go for however many months or years of not seeing each other and then it's just just like it was yesterday. Exactly. And sometimes like checking in in different ways is the way to kind of assess that, like Mm -hmm. just staying in touch on social media really quick, or even just sometimes shooting those quick texts, not to try to make plans, but just to be like, Hey, I just wanted you to know, like, I'm thinking of you today and I hope you have a great day. Like I miss you sending you so many good vibes. I saw your cute a picture of your you and your husband on your trip or like I saw your cute baby picture or I saw whatever and I just love you miss you sending you all the good vibes like sometimes that's enough to just like put some put some drops in the bucket of like your main you're in maintenance mode and you're both on your separate paths right now but you still care about each other and they will cross again also going off of the comment you had earlier about bridesmaids so this <laughs> is I, this is what I've been married almost seven years. And I was talking to one of my best friends about this the other day, because she's also been married the same amount of time. And we were talking about our bridal parties and like what they would look like if we got married today versus back when we did get married. And I talked to Jamie about this before. And we've all said like, there might be one or two people that would still be there and otherwise it would look completely different and I don't know if that's that that might be because like neither my husband or I had like we had some siblings involved but like it wasn't as much family it was really kind of like friends that were up there but like we were like man at the time we all thought that these were kind of like our forever friends and our forever people but even in just the seven years since getting married we would have a totally different situation now and a lot of those friendships are kind of deeper or they're more significant or they're just like longer term like they're like our people (laughs) like our 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 diehard people now like if we did a 10-year vow renewal it would be like those are the people that would probably be the ones that are like gonna be in our life for the next 30 years not just the five years after the wedding or whatever like that. So, yeah. So we, we did that. We did my, so my husband and I have been married for 12 years, two years ago, we did a 10 year vow renewal and, um, it was really cool looking around the room and seeing some of the same people that were there the first time, or were in our bridal party, you know, 10 years before, but it was also really cool seeing the people that, um, weren't there the first time because we didn't know them. You know, it was cool being like, oh my gosh, like we have all these friends in our lives that we had no idea 10 years ago when we got married, that they were going to be in our lives and change our lives. And it was also cool to see someone that um, was at our wedding the first time, whose now husband was an usher in our wedding, but we weren't really good friends. She was my 
person that stood up with me at our bow renewal because she's now my best friend. And it was cool looking back and being like, oh, wow, like life changes, but some things are constant and deepen. Some friendships deepen and some friendships come out of nowhere and, you know, end up being some of your most amazing friends that, you know, you never saw coming 10 years before. So it, we had a very similar experience because we did, we looked back at old wedding pictures and we were like, oh, that's really weird to think about. Like just the totally different crowd and totally different people that were around. Um, but then the people that are still there and, and finding value in like those lifelong friendships that were there the first time and got to celebrate with us 10 years later. For those ones that deepened, what do you think was the most significant factor in helping those friendships really flourish and thrive? Because I feel like that's that's kind of like where the key to alignment has to happen, where like both people, you meet, you click, or you've been in each other's lives and you click, but something has to kind of like re-spark it or rekindle it enough where even if you're not in the exact same life stage it just kind of works where like you naturally can become close again or closer whatever whatever state it gets to yeah I think there was definitely some of like we got closer after we both had kids and so like some of our friendships that we had before kids that kind of like ebbed and flowed in our early marriage days like when we had kids and they had kids, it was like, oh, we all are back in the same, like the same arena again. Like, let's figure this out together. Um, and I also think under, I think for me, it's been a lot of understanding that like friendship doesn't always have to mean four hour long in-depth heart to heart conversations where everybody laughs, cries and leaves changed. Like it doesn't have to be that every single time. Like yes. I, I have friends that like are I talk, we talked, we text daily, but like our texts are usually like one of us sending the other person a, a meme on Instagram. And then the other person sending the other person a text about something else funny. Like it's like all the different communication methods in one. Um, or like, I have a friend who lives, you know, Erica, you mentioned like long distance friends. I have a friend who lives literally on the opposite side of the country from me. And we mail books back and forth. And I that. we, that's we, awesome. Yeah. It's really fun because like, well, one of us will buy a book, we'll read it. If we like it, we'll send it to the other person. And then that person has like, we then have a conversation to have because we've been like, hey, we're living in two very different places and we have time zone differences and craziness, but like we can shoot a text of like, oh my gosh, I just finished that book and it was crazy. And here's the thing I loved. And, you know, understanding that communication or like that, the style of friendship can change over time to keep that like going, even when you're in different phases or even when you're in different places or in different, you know, whatever circumstances of life, um, understanding that friendship doesn't have to look the exact same as it did before. And it doesn't make you not friends now just because it looks different. Yeah, that's good. I do buddy reads with some of my girlfriends. We don't mail physical books back and forth, but I love the idea of that. We'll just like try to start the book at the same time and then almost have like a tiny little book club together where we're just like, all right, what did you think about it? What did you think about it? And we'll kind of carry on, carry on that way. And that's always, you're right. It's like a, having a built-in conversation starter is very, very helpful. And it kind of helps you stay creative and fresh and fun in your friendship instead of just being like, how's your job? How's your merit just like the base the basic go-to's it gives you something that's like a little fun to look forward to which who doesn't want that yeah like a bachelor fantasy league 
Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, actually, Taylor, I feel like that's how we, isn't that like kind of how we met on Instagram? Like, I feel like you were messaging a lot. Every time the bachelor was on, we were like, we would end up messaging on Instagram. Like, are you watching? Or like, what do you think yeah. about this person or whatever? <laughs> like, that's a real thing. Like if there's some sort of common interest there, then that easily starts being a gateway for deeper conversation on other things with people. Like, yeah, leave it to the bachelor, bringing people together. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. Um, where have you had the most success making new friends as a grown up? And what does that, what is like your ideal relationship maintenance look like? If that makes sense. Hmm. You know how people, people will be like, Oh, I, I just always laugh when I see like all the articles when people are like, go to the gym, go to, you know, this, this store. It's like, it's like dating all over again. I see that all the time and people laugh. Cause you're like, okay, but if you're Maybe if you're in like an organized workout class, that's one thing, but I don't know many people who are like going to the gym and being like sweaty and gross and then being like, what a perfect time to find my new lifelong friend. Like, <laughs> so I'm always curious about like where or what you like feel is a little bit more successful and, or what that sort of relationship maintenance looks like. Even I know Taylor, you mentioned earlier, like you're the one that will reach out and like do kind of the maintenance work more on your own. But ideally, if it's not always you doing the outreach, what do you think like ideally relationship maintenance kind of looks like? Obviously it's different for every relationship, but. I think finding friends, Taylor said it earlier and we've talked about it a little bit of, um, finding a community that then grows into friends, whether it's church, whether it's, you know, some common interest hobby group, whether it's a running club, whether it's something that is something you actually like doing. And then other people also like doing, it's like, you then have an activity where if you're like struggling with, what do I do with new friends? It's like, oh, well, we met running or we met doing this thing. Um, Cause that's how, like I said, like I've met a lot of friends through our Liverpool supporters club and we watch soccer together. And we also then text about other things and hang out off of soccer games. And, you know, and it's, it sounds so silly to say, but it's like, I now have three or four really close friends that we've walked through hard things together because we met watching soccer and we've walked through adoptions and surgeries and kids going to college. Like we've walked through those big life moments. And I'm like, five, six years ago, before we really started watching soccer, we didn't have these people. And now they're people that we see consistently. And so I'm finding like being open to friendships in that come across in weird ways and not being like, not being scared to be like, hey, we should go have lunch, random person that I've just met three times by going to this running group. Or I've seen at church, we've sat, you know, they've sat in front of me at church five times and I know their first name and not being afraid to say like, hey, we go to church together. We should go grab coffee. Um, Cause it does feel weird, but like, I don't know, you watch kids on a playground and they don't have any of that fear of like introducing themselves like we were in a different state a couple years ago. And when we got home and my kids like played on the playground with some kids that also happened to be in a different state. Like it was not, we were not close by home. And when we came home, we were, um, I was talking to my son about going back to school and he was like, well, I already have friends. 
And I was like, oh, buddy, like, what are your friends names? He goes, remember that kid that I played with on that playground while we were traveling? Like, that's my friend. And I'm like, okay, you like played with him for an hour? Like, that's not like, but that's how kids think of his friendships. They're like, they're super excited about him and they don't feel weird being like, do you want to go to the swings from the slide? Like, but I think when you're grown up, you feel weird being the one to be like, hey, we should go do something and talk. Like that just feels weird, but it then grows into really cool things because you had the guts to say like, hey, I'm in a phase where I need a friend and you're here. So let's be friends. You know what? I freaking love that because you're absolutely right. Like we overthink so much once we're grownups and granted it's because so many of us have been jaded and have been bullied and have had a nice long list of like relational trauma that's brought us to where we are now with meeting other people um or you know it's just like life at this point but I always laugh because Liv is the exact same way and she anytime we go anywhere her first thing is mommy can I make friends like we don't even have to have left the car she doesn't even know if there is a single kid even remotely her height at the same place. And she'll be like, but can I, can I make friends? And she'll go up to, we just had to have a talk with her the other day because she was going up to kids at the pool and she'll get right in their face and be like, hi, do you want to be my best friend forever? And we're like, oh honey, that's like a little <laughs> intense. Like <laughs> maybe just ask them if they want to play for like, just do you want to play with me? That, that one works too. But like they have no fear and no qualms about just being like, hey, here's who I am. Do you want to hang out with me? And what I love is like this happened to live the other day where my my parents witnessed it and I did not see it. And they told me about it after. And they said, Liv went up to a little girl somewhere and was like, do you want to do you want to play with me? And I think the girl was clearly a little bit older than her, like maybe six ish and lives to four. And the girl kind of like up and downed her and like knew she was younger, but like, was like, sure, I'll play with you. And like, was thankfully forever, <laughs> was very kind. So Liv was playing with her. And then another little girl who actually seemed around Liv's height came over, but had a little bit of sass where she was like, you can't play with her. She's my friend. And my mom said, she just kind of was watching the situation to be like, what's Liv going to do? How is this going to unfold? And Liv just like without missing a beat looked at her and said, actually, we she can have more than one friend. We can both be friends with her. And like wasn't phased by the fact that this person just like totally gave this little kid just like sassed, sassed up and down. And I was like, dang, you know what? I love that. And her confidence was not faltered. And it was the very next day where she was running up to people going, hi, do you want to be my friend forever? <laughs> so it's like we we internalize everything as like a permanent something or a reflection of our character or like just something bigger than it is. And I feel like if we go back to basics on like, what do we need in this season for ourselves? And what do our closest people need in their, this season for themselves? How can we align? And is this a season where we are looking just for like fun friends to do something with on a weekend? Or is this a season where we need some like deep soul sisters that we got to be building that we want to be in our lives for a decade or through a lot of other hard things and looking at each relationship as it comes and kind of assessing as it goes naturally with like, okay, is this the kind of friend where we're just like a quick coffee, whatever, small talk, preschool pickup, high and by kind of friends, or are these the die, the few diehards that we have the time and the mental capacity to really invest in mutually? You know, that's like, that's where we start thinking deeper about it. But like, for those initial meetings, just taking it back to good old 
our good old days as a kid when you just run up to people and you're like, hey, I think you're super cool. Actually, okay, this is like really long-winded, but some of my closest girlfriends now that are long distance who I've met on the internet come to think of it literally started off because we messaged each other like on Instagram and straight up were like, hey, I think you're super cool. Like, can we be friends? And that was literally how the friendship started. And like, it's like seven years later, I've seen each other across the country, like through kids, whatever. And it all started because someone was willing to just put themselves out there and be what, and just be like, hey, like, I love your vibe. Can we be friends? (laughs) How do you feel? How do you feel about that? (laughs) But how do you make the deeper friendships or how do you, because you're like, hi, can we be friends? But how does that grow organically? Or is that like, how does that develop into a friendship? Because I will say, I've, I feel like I haven't met a new friend in a long time. I feel like most of my friends or acquaintances come from running groups or like workout groups as of late. Um, but they're just that too. Like I would love for some of those to become deeper, but I know I'll see them regularly. So it doesn't need to evolve into much or how do you grow? Yeah. I think at least for the people in my head immediately, when I said that it kind of came with, I would say you say that to people when you have an understanding that you are willing to do some initial legwork to get it off the ground. And you say that to people, not just randomly, but when you truly sense that there is a vibe there, that could be something more. Like I think of it as, I think I first heard this phrase from like Anne of Green Gables back in the day, kindred spirits, where like, you say that to people who you sense a kindred spirit in, where you just... You know, these people where like you see them, you could see them out and about and not even have a conversation with them. And you're like, I would be friends with her. Like we have a same vibe or like we have their, their warmth matches yours. Or like, you just kind of get the vibe where, you know, you would hit it off literally like dating. Like when you see someone and you're like, would totally not date him, but like would totally date him. Same sort of thing where I'm like, I would only say that to someone who I know right off the bat from an initial vibe that there would be a vibe there that we would be all like friendship chemistry where I'm like, there's friendship chemistry here. And then I would say that to someone prepared to do a little bit of initial like work. And like, if they're like, yes, absolutely. You kind of got to jump on that. So it doesn't become awkward and stale. So like jump on it in the sense of awesome. Let's set up a coffee date or like, let's set up something so that you have some momentum Mm -hmm. and then you can kind of see if the chemistry is in fact there and mutual. And hopefully at that point, you would be able to kind of like take it a little step further where maybe they're like asking for your number or they're making, wanting to make another plan or you get, you get like little by little vibes the same way you would in like the initial stages of dating someone. (laughs) It's just like dating, which it's literally just like dating. I think, I think one of the biggest keys with that though is creating momentum like if yeah. you say it and they're like yeah sounds great and then you just let it go then yeah. now it's awkward like for where, everybody yeah I feel like that's what happens all the time is that yes let's do this and then actions or plans aren't made in that moment and then it's just a passing passing thought 
Exactly. And then I, and then I think it just doesn't get momentum because then both parties probably feel a little awkward and then are like, Oh wait, because they might be thinking like, Oh, was she not serious? Like, did she just say that to say that? Does she say that to everybody? Like they might be overthinking it too. So I think the biggest key is just doing (laughs) something about it right then in the moment and being like, amazing, love this. Let's do something. Like, how do you feel about X, Y, Z and making it like a really low key, easy kind of thing where you could get a, a, a read on the mutual vibe pretty quickly. And then if it's, I feel like if it's mutual like that, then it can kind of start to, you'll sense like the direction that it's going. If this is going to be like a soul sister vibe, or if this is going to be, we stay in touch every so often, or we support each other more from afar or like whatever the case might be. Sarah, do you agree with that? Or would you add something different? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that sounds, that sounds really, really true. And I think too, like being willing when you're in that phase of, I want to make friends and I need friends being willing to be like vulnerable. And that's really uncomfortable because you, it's like a very fine line between like, I don't need to like vomit my whole life story to you, but also like being willing to say like, okay, if I, I went on that coffee date. I think that was really fun. We really hit it off. We have very similar backgrounds or we're both newly married. And so we've got lots to figure out in that realm or whatever it is, you know, being willing to like take it a step further, but like sharing something of your story that connects with them or, you know, finding something that they say to be like, oh, I, you know, I've experienced that too, or I felt that too. And being willing to like baby step towards a deeper place because it is hard when you do feel like those, it's very easy to feel like you have a bunch of shallow, like surfacey friendships of like, we talk, but it's like about these three things. And then that's it versus Mm -hmm. like, I have people that, you know, if I say something, they can read between the lines and be like, Ooh, you need a follow-up phone call, you know? And so kind of baby stepping your way into that by being willing to be vulnerable in a way that's comfortable and appropriate, but like, finding ways that you can share parts of yourself and parts of what you're passionate about or what you care about or what makes you, you and using that to connect with them because people respond well to that because then people feel comfortable being vulnerable back. Um, And then that friendship goes deeper because everybody is kind of opening slowly into a place of, of deeper friendship. Yeah. I love that advice. And also think it's important to note that you can have different friends for different things. I think we probably hit yeah. on that earlier already, yeah. but that's yeah. like, like not every, not every friend is like the diehard friend that knows yeah. every detail about your life and your deep things. Like, I'm like, there might be two, may, two or three that get that like depth. And then there's like the next level of quasi depth or like you kind of have like the different levels of yeah. the depth that you're going with people or the things that you're doing. And then people have room to kind of float on the scale, but you don't need to put pressure on yourself. I don't think to be finding like, you're not, you're not messaging people. Hey, awesome vibe. Let's be friends with the intention of them being like your soul sister at your wedding, tenure, wedding vow renewal. <laughs> 10 years from now, like that, that will be like the TBD naturally as it comes, as it flows crowd. But, um, at least for, at least for the initial vibe check, I'm a fan. And you said a key word 
at least for me in my life, that you sent for the first time this whole call, I think, and it was overthinking, which <laughs> we all know I tend to do a lot. Um, so. Taylor's the queen of overthinking. I'll give you that crown, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. Yeah, it's fine. Here's the thing. You overthink though, because you care, like you're someone who cares a lot. And that's the thing. It's not like it's a bad thing or a character flaw or something like that. Like, it's just something that you, it's good to be aware of, I think, because it can impact things like friendship or work or whatever. But like, it's not, that's why I say like, just think of it like when you're four years old on the playground and like if you just if you know you're overthinking it and sometimes you just gotta hit this hit the send and my mom and I are the same way where we'll overthink it and then we'll remind each other and be like hold up like sometimes it's not this serious like they might this might not even be on their radar because people are busy living their own lives and thinking about themselves to be quite frank like yeah it's it's when you're someone who overthinks about yourself and your situation and everything else. I think a lot of times you overthink everything where like, you're also overthinking how are my friends doing and how is this thing doing? And how is this doing? Like there's people that don't even figure out what they're like eating for lunch that day until they're like right in the moment, let alone thinking about how you're doing and how their other friend is doing and how all of this, like, yeah. So and I do think it's as a result of things that have happened in the last however many 30 years of life or just for sure experiences and things like that because my mom does always tell me or bring up the story of how I made a friend at the electric parade in Disney World when I was five years old <laughs> and there's a photo of us with our glow sticks <laughs> but exactly yes and you probably just walked up to her and you were like do you want to be my friend and yes. look at that <laughs> exactly ah <laughs> oh, that's how it goes well Thanks, gang. I don't think we have anything else. I think we could like powwow about friendship all day long, but I feel like we probably hit all of the big nails on the head. So hopefully this is helpful for everyone uh, listening in and be sure to request to join the crowd if you have not as of yet, <laughs> because if you're, what a perfect place where if you're just sitting there like, hey, I just want to message someone to be like, can we be friends? Because you seem kind of cool. Um you could do that in this community. So we'll put the link to the crowd in the show notes below. But um, thanks for thanks for joining me behind the mic, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Loved it. All right, y'all. This is a little unconventional, but Sarah and Taylor and I have been talking for, I don't know, 40 more minutes about all of this because we were really on a roll. And we have at least two more little quick tidbits to add here that like you can't not have. So Taylor, do you want to give the first one that you said that was like a total mic drop? Yeah. Well, for my 30th birthday, I decided to let go of a little control for the first time in my life and let my husband plan a surprise birthday party for me. And leading up to it, I was worried about the time because I knew what time it was and it was an odd time to have a party. And I was worried about who wouldn't be there because I didn't know who RCP'd and all of that. And I was sharing this with um, my boss leading up to the party. And she said, it's not about who isn't there. It matters who is there. So that really hit home with me because yes, why I was a little disappointed at some people who weren't there. And I was a little sad, 
it made me really grateful for those that were. Yeah. And we also said, if you are the one who is always reaching out and that's you and you relate to everything that we said in this episode about that, that that's not a bad thing. And that's something important to remember. Like if at at the end of the day, you might be the first one to get hurt or it might hurt a little bit more or it might be a little harder, but being the first one to reach out is is says something good about you and you can kind of rest easier in that in that that's a positive trait about you as a friend so you go glenn coco that's that's our tidbit wait before you go make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of thrive drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to and come join the party on instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long thanks for tuning in it's your time to thrive